Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University, a company focused on the training and development of specialists and coaches. It's that time of year again, and football is back, finally. The season is finally here, and as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for pro and college football action. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests by visiting website betonline.ag or using your mobile device new customers can sign up using promo code nfl100 and take advantage of the opening day super promo where you'll bet on the buccaneers and cowboys and any lost wager of up to 25 dollars will be fully refunded bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports bets online your online sportsbook experts Episode 47 of the podcast welcomes coach Nick Gatto, a former kicker at Blinn College in Arkansas State who went on to play 14 years in the Arena Football League. During his professional career, Gatto founded 4th and 10 Kicking, a company operating in Houston and San Antonio that focuses on the skills kickers, punters, holders, and snappers need to be successful. Nick, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Dan. It's a pleasure to see you. It's a pleasure to talk to you, and it's a pleasure to be on this uh, podcast uh, today. Yeah, it's just really, really nice. The kicking industry is huge. Um, people that listen to the show are obviously somehow re- related to fourth down, whether they're a parent or a coach or an actual player. But everyone knows that this is a a big time industry. You know, in Texas, Absolutely. you and I are in Texas and Florida, and I would say that Texas, Florida, and California are the most saturated. There's there's a lot of kicking coaches and companies and, and, and whatever you want to call it, people that have a focus on getting kids uh, to transition from high school to college. Um, and I, I think it's wonderful. It's, it's amazing because you're, you're around my age. It's amazing to see where this has come. Um, this was not an industry years ago. It was a monopoly. It was the gray guy and, and Pelfrey monopoly. Absolutely. And, and now I think there's 7,000 LLC companies. Uh, <laughs> so, so it's, it's growth, you know, and, and it, some, some better than others, but uh, I think it's wonderful because hopefully uh, people like you and I are able to have a common interest and a passion and, and draw strengths off each other. Cause I want to just credit you. I was looking you up and kind of prepping for the show. And one, one thing I really like about you and I tell my kids all the time too, is be unique, stand out, uh, people on Twitter, they get bored with the monotonous things, the, the the same exact things. They just kind of scroll through. But sometimes you come across something like I did the other day when I was looking at your drill where you had tangible like piping uh, that was inviting for uh, the proper swing plane. 
you know, and I think that that's wonderful. And it's really hard to, for the audience to, to see what I'm, I'm, I'm seeing in my brain, but I just want to let you know that I commend you for thinking outside the box and being different, because I think that's in the end, what, what makes us better and makes us grow more. I appreciate that a lot. Thank you very much. Yeah. So having said that I have known you for, I want to say about 12 or 13 years, I've, I've met you. Um, and our messages seem to be similar. Uh, specialists who are repeatable, uh, even, uh, they give coaches a peace of mind. So what are some other essential traits that specialists must possess to be successful? That's a great question, you know, because it's what we, you and I both get when we talk to college coaches and we, you know, speak to new parents that are looking to become part of our organizations. And, you know, not only are we looking for a young man who has the ability, but who's coachable, you know, we get a lot of boys now, nowadays who are very, very, you know, hell bent on, Oh, I have this many stars or I have that many stars. And so sometimes the egos get in the way, you know, and it's something that you and I have dealt with for years. And the biggest thing that I look for when I first get around a young man is how coachable he is. Are you going to be able to listen to what we're being or what we're trying to, to get across? Are you going to be able to implement what it is we're trying to get across? And are you going to do it with grace? Are you going to be opening to listening to what's being shared? Um, so you start as a coachable kid, but then you move into, are you going to be able to put in the time and the effort you preach you want to do? But like we always joke, you know, actions speak a lot better than words. And you and I both know is that we'll get a brand new kid in and he's gung ho and he wants it and he's going to do everything it takes. And then like the senior year hits and suddenly that kid changes to a completely different kid to where I don't want to come to training. I don't feel that I need to put in the time and the effort because I'm already here and I'm varsity and I'm going to all these, you know, college camps and I got it, man, you know, and then you wonder why the kids behind them suddenly catch up and pass them, you know, and like I preach is there's three types of people, guys who make things happen, guys who watch things happen. And then guys who sit there and go, what the hell just happened? Because they watch somebody just come and blow by them and they wonder why. And I say to them, what have you done in the last six months to a year based on the previous two or three years? Have you changed your attitude? Have you changed your work ethic? So it starts with, are you coachable? Are you going to live up to the things you've professed to me or to you? Um, you know, and then, is it, are you ready to face truly the uphill battle that it comes with getting to the level you want to get to? And you and I both know nowadays is that kids get hell bent on these. I'm just going D one mentality. They only focus on the 128, but they forget that there's over 800 schools that offer college football. And it's, getting them to understand that if somebody's willing to offer you 50 grand a year, they may be a D2, they may be a, a D3, they may be an NAIA school. I don't care. You have an opportunity to play collegiate football, but can you set your ego aside? Can you put your, I have to go play here or else I'm a failure aside, which now falls into the third tier of, are you coachable? Are you going to live up to the things you've promised? And are you going to put your ego aside and let the path go as it should? Because it's already been laid for you. But are you willing to just let yourself follow it rather than trying to deviate and do what you want to do instead? 
Wow. I want to respond to all of it, but I'll just cut to the chase and say that what really resonated with me and what you just said was what I believe to be true is there's an inverse relationship with ability and reception to new information. And what I mean by that is I have a couple guys that are playing on Sunday that, you know, they, they seek my, my opinion, they seek six or seven guys' opinions. And then they take, they extract the information they think is going to help them. And I'm just grateful for the opportunity that like, they want my opinion. Uh, do I expect them to call me their coach? No, you know, I, I really don't care. I think it's more important that there's a personal relationship there. Cause that's the trust. My point is this, I have a kid, I won't name his name, but he's uh, he just got traded and he's going to be playing on Sunday and on the 13th. And he writes, Nick, he writes down our Zoom meetings and then he'll text me like really, really short, concise list of like four or five points that he's going to bring mentally to the field tomorrow. And I think that's why he's a pro. Do I think he's the best kid I've ever trained? No. Does he have the biggest leg? Absolutely not. Is he the most physically blessed? No, he's more in the middle in terms of that. But but what he does is what you just said. It's like mm -hmm. he's receptive to coaching. And he put his ego aside, even though he was number one in Jamie Cole's lists coming up out of high school. But it's the blue collar mindset that he's not going to get stagnant because he's not going to get complacent. And I think that that is right. something that you and I try and tackle. Um, it's much more than just on the field drills and film and helping them with recruiting. It's about all these other gray things that no one wants to talk about because there, there's really no rhyme or reason to it because everyone's unique and we think differently and we see differently. But I think it's our job as coaches to find how they see things and change it just a little bit, right? Just a little bit. For sure. And to add to that is you look at us as coaches. You know, we've, we, we've grown in, in the 12 to 15 years that you and I have known each other been around each other you know we've learned from others a lot of stuff that i still teach today i learned from you when i first got around you you know and granted we may not have clicked personally off the field because we were young and arrogant and hot-headed and we thought we knew it all but you look back at your journey you look back at my journey we've been around some amazing coaches and they've whether we realize it or not probably went went through the same thing but they were older and now we're in their shoes going man look how much we've grown as coaches because we were students of the game as a coach going and learning from those around the country and learning and looking at different things to bring to the field and that's where we can sit here and talk about it but also on the flip side is did we put into practice the things we've preached do we do what it is? Do we set the ego aside and say, hey, how, how can Nick help me? How can Dan help me? How can this coach over here who kicked in the league for 15, 16 years help, help me? So it goes back to what we you know, teach our boys of being coachable, putting and sticking to our word of this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to profess we're going to do, and we're going to follow through with it. And three, putting the ego aside and working with those who want to help you know, those who want our help. And that's kind of on and off the field too. That's an excellent point because I think that every it's lip service with a lot of people um, who say one thing to their players. I'm talking about coaches who, who speak one way publicly, even to their staff, if they're the head coach, but you said it earlier in the conversation that people are going to do what, 
what they see you do. They're going to respond to what they see you do. They're going to hear what you say, but um, they're going to lose complete respect for you if you're saying one thing and doing another. Um, So so I I like that you said that, you know, building bridges, you know, you and I have built a bridge Uh, when we were young and dumb um, and it was kind of the wild west. uh, The kicking industry had just kind of started taking off. I think that was like the peak. Everyone's like, I can do this. And everyone had a way of doing it. And unfortunately, um, people started disconnecting because they thought their way was the highway Mm -hmm. and that they were going to monopolize an industry where there's 17,000 high schools. There's 800 plus universities, as you mentioned, you know, there's, there's pro leagues, there's, there's, there's Japanese universities now that are coming up. There's uh, Germany's prevalent with American football. So, I mean, and, and the world's getting smaller. I mean, you and I are connecting right now, FaceTime, like this wouldn't have existed when you and I were younger. Correct. I can, I can see you right now. That's brilliant. Uh, we're not in a studio. So I wanted to talk about when I first met you, uh, I noticed something that I think most people would notice when they first meet you is that you were born with one arm. Uh, I want you to tell the audience, you know, how did this shape you? Uh, perhaps maybe even talking about, you know, as an adolescent to now, uh, how you've learned to use that maybe as a blessing instead of a curse. For sure. Um, you know, it's, it's the golden question, you know, and how did you do it? What was your life like? How did you o- overcome things? And, you know, just to kind of give some backstory to the, the audience, you know, back in the seventies, like they didn't have all that technology you had now, you know, where you can go in, you can get the 3d 40 ultrasounds. Like you have kids now. And so do I, and mine are 10 and 12. And to be able to, you know, two months prior to them being born, like, like get a 40 scan, like that was the coolest thing ever. Cause you can see their nose and who's got the nose and who's, and who's getting eyes, you know, and things like that. But back in the mid seventies, you know, things were, kind of like old age, like old, like stone age stuff. And my parents didn't know that I was going to come out how I did, you know? And when I was born, it was funny. My, my, you know, my, the, you know, family doctor said, guys, it's going to be a couple hours, go ahead and, you know, go and do uh, some Christmas shopping. He's not going to be here. So my dad and my sister walked across uh, 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 to the mall and we're gone a couple hours and, Apparently my mom started having some, you know, complications. So they took me out and my, my dad and my sister came back and, Hey, you're a dad and congratulations. But we just want to tell you that he's got half an arm, you know? So of course that was the first hurdle and the, I guess, and I'm not afraid to call it, but the handicap I was given right out of the shoot. And as I grew up and learned to play sports from football, basketball, baseball, soccer, tennis, swim team, uh, you know, I tried it all. And because of my parents, they never said, they always told me that you're, is it, that if you want to do something great, like we're not going to force you, we're not just going to throw you in it because you need to go do this. It was, is if you want to do it, we will support you, we'll pay for it, but you can't quit. So once you start the season, finish the season, once the season's done, we can talk about it. If you want to continue, great. And that's kind of how my parents, you know, kind of raised me was, you want to try it? Let's figure a way. So, of course, playing uh, organized sports from soccer, you know, that you use your feet. So it didn't really bother me, you know, playing baseball. I had to learn how to hold the glove. I had to learn how to catch. I had to learn how to figure out how to throw it. So I taught to put it under my arm and grab the ball and throw it. And I pitched and played first base. 
Uh, I, I tried catcher, but that scared the living hell out of me because I got hit a few times in some spots that doesn't feel good. So I was like, yep, I'm, I'm done. You know, I, I, I <laughs> um, you know, did the basketball thing, you know, was, was uh, cut for my seventh grade team because I couldn't dribble uh, uh, to my right. And the coach cut me and he was blunt and funny story was uh, three weeks later. He was the, he actually refereed my youth sports basketball game. And I put up like 33 points on a dude. And he's like, dude, I should never have doubted you. And I'm like, dude, it's, it's, it's okay. So, you know, as I grew, I learned to adapt into whatever sport I did. I tried tennis. I sucked. I couldn't serve. Golf is fun, but top golf makes me look good because I can bounce it off of those nets now and it stays in play. Um, but the hardest thing, you know, growing up though, was how brutally honest kids are. And you and I know kids don't have filters. Kids don't know. And kids are, are just going to speak their mind. And that was hard for me to understand because when I reached the age of seven, eight years old, I developed a severe stuttering issue. And it was because of my grandmother's death. It was so traumatic that it just, it, it, I mean, hit me hard. So not only was I born with one arm straight out of the chute at the age of seven or eight, I became and developed a severe stuttering issue, which in turn caused me to have to go through speech therapy, et cetera, et cetera. And you've known me for years and we've, around each other to where there were times where I'm trying to talk to you guys and I can't say a stinking word because I'm tripping over every syllable trying to get the first word out of my mouth and just look like an idiot you know but it was because of these things because of how I was born and the stuttering issue and the teasing and the making fun of and whatnot and nights of crying is kind of why I have the mindset I do now of don't doubt me because people always doubted me throughout my entire life. You can't do it. You will never accomplish anything. You know, girls wouldn't date me because it was uncomfortable, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just because of those experiences, why when I train a young man, if they say I can't, that rubs me the wrong way because I tried to say that. And I had coaches willing to say, Nick, it's not that you can't, it's we have to figure a way for you to do it. So as I got into weights, you know, uh, bench pressing, running and catching a football and kicking, it's just, I had to find ways to figure out my body. I had to find ways to adapt. And it's kind of why nowadays I have that such a big heart for what it is we do because of the one or two coaches who truly took me under their wing and loved on me and helped me find a way to figure out life. And just, that's kind of a quick, snapshot for those that are, you know, uh, tuning in is that because of all the life lessons I had to go through at such a young age, it's kind of developed me now to where, you know, I'm at that age now, like you, I don't care that people who don't know me talk about me. Cause I, cause I've been doing with that my entire life. Like people, uh, there's that Nick guy with one arm. He's terrible. He's not going to do anything. He's, he's going to bring our team down. He's not capable blah, blah, blah. And that's why I just am such an encouraging guy at when I work with my athletes because of the life that I had to go through. It's such a good message. Um, I've never told you this, but, you know, I've seen you kick before demonstrating to the guys years ago. And I was, I was very impressed with your, with your technique and the body lean and all these nerdy things the audience doesn't want to hear, but I want to say something and, and I use it a lot. Uh, use you as an example that 
you're a right-footed guy, so am I. Right-footed kickers, for the audience that may not know, left arms are the counterarm. You know, it's, it's where we can draw our, our body lean so we can get leg lock and all these things that are needed to, to hit a good kick, uh, both on field goal and kickoff. And I was looking at a picture a day, too, of you in an arena league game kicking off. And, and my point is this, when people talk about uh, technique and they talk about activation or deactivation of the right arm for a right-footed kicker, I say, look at Nagato, like look at his old film. He didn't have a right arm and he was a professional kicker because it's un, it's unneeded. I, I talk about all the time extracting things, right? Like I'm, I'm not much of a builder as a coach. I think kids have enough in life especially on their, their life plate. I don't want to say, Hey, learn this, 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 and this. I say, look, man, take away the excessive, be a little more natural, do less, less is best because when we do less, um, there's less variables, just like math. Like I loved algebra one, but you started talking about parabolas and deviations mm-hmm. from normal, you know, that's when people get twisted. So I try to operate linearly. And my point to all of this is it's awesome that again, you, you, you use that to your advantage. You know, you're like, oh, this kicking thing. I don't need this right, right. arm. Actually, <laughs> actually, actually, the arm I need, I have all of one. Right. So that's kind of in a nutshell how I look at you. And I think that's how you see things. It's like I nothing. First of all, nothing. There's no perfect situation. There's going to be competition, whatever, whatever it may be. Nothing's going to be like given to you. And if it is, it's not worth it. Right. Um, in the end, the uh, free things are, are never worth it. They're fleeting. Um, so I like what you said is like, you, you, you have to find a way and there is a way, but it's all about if you're willing to find the way, regardless of what it takes to find a way. You make a great point there about extracting, you know, that's a good word. That's a powerful word, you know, and kind of the acronym I use with my athletes is kiss, you know, keep it simple, stupid, you know, is these kids try to complicate things, be it in kicking or punting or deep snapping or, or even in life, you know, and they're, and they're, and they're, and they're just trying to get it so perfectly right that if they take a deep breath and take a step back and just look at the big picture, is it, if they simplify it and extract, as you say, the things which really aren't needed, it's going to simplify things for them 10, tenfold. And then they kind of get that, ah, that, ah, now I get what you're saying moment. And that's a cool feeling. Yeah, I used to do the opposite, right? But we learn, like you said, we grow. And I used to try to show everyone how smart I was in the field by talking about all these terms and learn this. And I was complicating things. So I think that we're way more effective when we streamline the process. Uh, There's some exciting news at 4th Down Focus. We are now partnered with playactionpools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love most. You'll be able to get in the action with our football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up for our Believe Football Pick'em contest at playactionpools.com and get your picks in each week. We'll select the 10 highest profile NFL and college football games of the week. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, Football Pick'em Contest. And if you plan on hosting your own contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as a cool sports-style 
concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all of your office sports pools. Now back to the show. Okay, Nick, in life, we, we have momentous moments. Uh, some call these moments aha moments. Would you mind sharing a personal aha moment that was a catalyst in your life? Oh, man, that's a cool question. Um, I would say, and the first one that's going to jump out is when I was about 10, 11 years old. It was a Saturday morning, getting up, getting ready for the, P, for the Peewee League game that you know we would go to on the weekends. And growing up, I'd always put my shoes on. I walk up to mom and dad and I throw my foot up in their lap, you know, and they tie them. And this one moment, but this one morning though, I went up to my dad and dad's sitting there and he's drinking his coffee and I got my game pants on. I got my socks and my shoes on and walk up and I throw my foot up in his lap and he knocks it away. He goes, no. And I kind of paused him in it and I didn't realize, I didn't quite understand. So I put my foot up again. I said, dad, I, I need you to tie my shoe. And he goes, nope, knocked it away. And he goes, it's time for you to learn. He goes, if you want to play in today's game, learn how to tie your shoe because I'm not going to do it for you. He goes, the days are done. So ultimately I had to learn within about two hours how to, how to figure a way to tie my own shoe. And that's ultimately now what I use when I go and I share my story all over the country is I can humble a very talented athlete very quickly or a lot of athletes very quickly because I tell them, stand up, untie your right shoe, put your right hand behind your back. Now, tie your shoe for me. And I say, when you give up, sit down. And 98% of the people sit down within about 30 seconds because it's too hard. And there's those few who I am not going to quit. And they'll get some sort of a little tie. And, I, and I, I, I think it's awesome. But it's how quickly can you adapt. And that's really my aha moment that comes to mind was at that moment, my life, my sports day hinged on learning how to tie my shoe because he said is if you don't tie him here and you go to the field and you go asking people to tie your shoe, I will tell them, do not tie his shoe for him. And that's sort of the aha moment that I always share. And that was a life lesson right then and there of I got to figure it out and I got to adapt now. And, you know, I can go on and on about, you know, how got found for the arena league and, uh, you know, learning how to bench press and bench pressing this or that or this coach and learning this. But, you know, that's my aha moment that I like to share is that we all have those moments. It, it may not be as profound as mine, but we all have it. And it's all in our unique experiences we have all had to endure through our entire lives. Wow. I mean, as a parent hearing that, uh, it's, it's crazy that the, the power we have over every day, you know, and it was, and it may not have been your dad's plan. He probably didn't like say, well, on September right. 20, 20th, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to wait for him to put his foot on my, leg. no, it, yeah. it probably was a spur of the moment decision that was very hard for him to do that. Cause imagine I mean, you want to be there for your kid, but at the same time you have to let him fail because failure. And I know it's very, very cliche, but failure is the fastest way to success. Mm -hmm. You have to fail forward. And I think it's very important you fail because the resiliency that you have, and I don't wish 
anyone's child to be born with one arm, but I think it's important for our kids, um, biological or the kids we coach to struggle uh, because they're going to be on their own and they're going to have to be resilient and they're going to have to be compete, whether it's on the field or in the classroom or, or for a job. And if, if you don't fail, uh, good luck. It's tough. It's yeah. a tough, tough world. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm a little teary. You can't see me, but you know, uh, that's, you got a powerful story, dude. And I never really considered like the little mundane things that, that I take for granted. Like I had a difficult time. I remember learning to tie my shoe, but I had two hands, right. <laughs> you know, uh, it's yeah. a little different. It's a little different. It's a lot different. And it, you know, and then when I started, you know, having kids, of course, the first question I asked the, you know, ultrasound tech was, can you check for two hands and two feet, you know, and the ultrasound tech looked at me kind of weird. And then she looked at my arm. She goes, ah, now I get it. Okay. Yeah. Hey, hang on. You know, okay. Well, she's got 10 fingers and 10 toes. And I'm like, cool. You know, but then as a dad, you know, changing diapers, you know, how do I hold feet and how do I wipe a tush, you know, or how do I put my girl's hair in a ponytail like that? You know, talking about teary eyed was I would cry because I couldn't put my girl's hair in a ponytail form. They like, they would come to me, daddy, can you put my hair in a ponytail? I'm like, I can't. And I've never said that. Like I tried the whole vacuum, sucking it into the little hose, but that freaked my kids out. So, <laughs> you know, ultimately my, my daughters together learned how to help each other because daddy couldn't do it. And, you know, it's just, that was one of my aha moments as a dad was like, I, I can't put my kid's hair in a ponytail. Like that's devastating. Like that broke my heart because as a girl dad, like you get, you know, you're doing like makeup and you're getting your fingernails done and you don't care how bad it looks, but it's the best like fingernail polished job ever. But Amen. I can brush their hair. I can do everything else, but I just can't put it in a, in a ponytail. And that frustrated the hell out of me, you know? So I guess that was an aha moment. Like crap, man. Like I feel like a failure as a dad, especially as a girl dad, because I couldn't do that, you know? So there's great aha moments and there's aha moments of, man, that, that sucked, man. Like I just, that just things. So. Well, from a fellow girl dad, uh, I am in year five with the oldest Blake and, you know, like I took her to ballet yesterday and today's karate and I'm still horrible, horrible, <laughs> so horrible at doing the hair thing that, Oftentimes I'll just wait for one of the moms to say, Hey, do you want me to put Blake's hair up? Make like, sure. Please. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, so I couldn't imagine. I wouldn't. Yeah. I don't know. I hate to say I wouldn't try, but I probably wouldn't even try with one, but um, I'm going to go to a lighter note. Cause I don't, I don't cool. want to cry. I don't, I'm trying to hold it together. <laughs> uh, so I want you to tell me in the audience, uh, fourth down kicking and punting. Um, I, I like what you do because I feel, in my opinion, that you are similar to us, that um, we go a little bit further than just categorizing specialists by a number or a star. Uh, I think, I, and, I, and I see nothing wrong with that, but I just think that there's more, more to it. And I think that fourth down kicking and punting is very similar to fourth down you in that regard. Uh, I want you to tell the audience how you find ways to help these high school athletes transition to college football. Man, you know, and you hit it square on the head is that, you know, there's, there's like the magic punch you hear everybody talk about, drink the punch, you know, with the rankings and the stars and the numbers, like you said, there's, 
nothing wrong with it. It's got some, you know, valid points to it. You know, it depends on who you talk to. They may love it. They may hate it, you know, and that's their personal opinion. That's their personal feeling, you know, and like I tell people is that you want to go see what you stack up against the top ones in the country, according to the numbers or the stars. Great. Go do it. Cause that creates healthy competition. And that's what we want. Um, what, what I like to do is I like to, and the way I was raised and the way I was always coached was you need to separate yourself from your competition, whether that kid on paper may look better than you. And that's where we do it on the field is I try to simulate as many game-like situations from you know, the field goal perspective to the live rep perspective to the punting perspective with a live rep snap punt. I want you to drop it here. I want you to get this. And wanting to eliminate the stigma of, I look good off of sticks, man. I look good off of sticks at a camp. Hell, I'm 43 years old. I can kick like some of these guys still hitting a 70-yard 2-8 hang time. I can do that. But can you do a 68, 69, 70 with a 4142? That's what I want. And this is kind of where us old guys are kind of battling the new age guys is we were taught how to do that. We were in a realm of we want you to hang it on a punt, let's say a 49505153, about 42, 44 yards, drop it here now now nowadays let's hit a five six five seven i guess we hit a six oh suddenly in the past 65 dude you've out kicked your coverage i love you you are a strong dude that's amazing but you've out kicked your coverage now we're going to give up yardage because now he's going to have 20 30 yards to get back up the field so it's kind of where the old school and the new school are still trying to find a way and that's where a lot of kids who come and train with me don't like how I don't fluff your e ego, how I don't tell you you're the greatest thing since Swiss cheese. You are the greatest thing since the invention of the wheel. I'm going to be truthful. I'm going to be honest. This is what's good. This is what's bad. This is what we've got to fix. And if it, this is what you want to do, this is what it's going to take. And, you know, even like you, when we talk, to college coaches, we're trying to get them out of the stigma of let's go look at a pre-made list and let's explain why player B is better than player A you're looking at. Let's compare apples to apples. Let's compare oranges to oranges. Why this kid in the long run is going to be a better fit than this kid who you've looked at a list and said, oh, he's taken, he's taken, he's taken. Let's go ahead and just offer this kid instead. And that's where you know, is transitioning from high school to college football is I'm going to bring the actual knowledge of this is what I went through. This is what I've been told. This is not what you're being told. This is not what you're hearing. You're, you are hearing this. This is what I'm hearing from actual college coaches. This is what they're looking for. This is what they want. And that's where the relationships with college coaches come in. It's not so much for the recruiting aspect that, you know, comes into play, but it's, what are you really looking for in, in a specialist? Because this coach has, has a different need and a want compared to coach B and C and D over here. 
So maybe one of my boys can fit over here, but I've got three or four boys who may fit with these guys better. And that's where sort of I'm a little bit different in transitioning from the high school to college ranks because it's not just a grip and rip world. It's can you actually do what this coach wants you? Like years ago, had a coach at a smaller FBS school want 67 yards, minus two, minus three yards with a 4-1-4-2 hang time. That's what he wanted. Can you do that? So let's work on that, you know, and that's where I'm a little bit different. I'm just not concerned about smashing 55, 60, 65 yard field goals. It's kind of like one of our friends tells us where are the money kicks work, work on the ladders from the eight yard line, nine yard line, 10 yard line, 11 yard line, 12 yard line. Cause that's where your money kicks are, but you don't see that posted anymore. It's guys posting Here's my last four kicks from 50, 55, 60, 65. When are you going to do that in a game? Let's look at the 28s and the 19s and the 32s and, you know, 21-yard, you know, kicks. I I want to add on to that. Like, what I like that you're saying is it's personal. Um, it's not cookie cutter. Uh, you're probably using discretion and saying that uh, Billy – you know, he's not a huge kickoff guy. And this school that Billy wants to go to wants a guy that's hitting one to two deep with a four-two. Well, Billy probably isn't going to be able to do that in a timely fashion. It's not going to fit the timeline. So you probably redirect Billy's thoughts to schools where his abilities fit. And, and then we have to check the academics. When you go to these large cattle call evaluation camps, I think the, the value those bring is go win. Go win that event or be in amongst the top 10. My problem is there's hundreds of kids that go who are categorized as a three and a half to a four star. And that translates to a zero to a 0.5 star in football standards. They're not going to help those kids. Those kids go for the shirt, the feel of competition, and, and hopefully they learn from, from, from that and, and realize what their deficiencies are and then go seek out someone like you in Texas or whoever to, to refine the skill set that's needed to be more competitive. But the unfortunate truth is they just sign up for the next event. And, and they think that time spent there, all of a sudden their abilities will just all of a sudden I'll, I'll get a little stronger next time or my drop will get a little more consistent next time. And these things are where I have an issue with stuff like this is be, because they, they don't encourage training for sure. Um, these companies, they just want to evaluate you and, and write your updated profile and add on a half a star because you came more often. Um, so I had issue with that. I wish the message were because they have the biggest platform because the kids want to go to these things is they really need to stress the fact that these counselors, these camp counselors that are college kids or professional athletes, they went and saw somebody. They went and trained their behinds off. And they got progressively better and were probably number one in whoever's standards because they worked for it. And there's no other way around that. And that's why I like you. And I, I think there's several people out there right. like that. And I, and I thank each and every one of them for it because kicking is getting awesome. And it's only going to get better if there's more people out there like fourth and 10 kicking, fourth down use. For sure. And to add on to what you said too, is that, you know, when, when you do come to somebody like you or I, we're, we're not just going to teach you a blanket way. Like, like the first thing you and I do with somebody is, okay, so we've kicked a little bit. Show me what you do. Show me how you kick a ball currently. Let me see your strengths. Let me see what is 
the weaknesses. Let's see what we need to tweak. Let's see what we need to fix. I'm not just going to go in there and say, okay, forget everything you've ever done. Now, let me teach you my way. It's let me see what you're doing. Let me see what really needs to be worked on. Let me give you some tips. Let's, let's work on it now until I see you again. Go take these two or three things and go add it into what you're currently doing. And if that's what a lot of guys would do, then you'd see a much better response at the bigger cattle call camps, as you say, is the talent level goes up. Now we got a kid that's, this is first camp and he's kicking the crap out of the ball. Who is he? What is he doing? Why is he doing this? Oh, this is who he works with and we've never seen him. Okay, so now we need to re reconfigure how we kind of evaluate some kids because this kid's legit. Granted, he hasn't come to 18 camps and, you know, so we're still going to stick him down here, but maybe we should think about let's maybe reconsider moving him up a little bit more because of what he's shown us. Yeah, leave no doubt, right? Exactly. Um, so contrary to popular belief, specialists are, are, are pretty, uh, pretty good athletes these days. Even in high school, I'm noticing that these kids are taking a lot of pride in their off the field training and lifestyle choices. Um, I would say that arguably they're, they're some of the most conscientious uh, on a football team next to quarterbacks and some skill players, but kickers realize that, man, bigger, faster, stronger wins. Uh, and I'm not saying these kids need to be 215 pounds, but be your best self at, at, at the body uh, that you're given. So performance and wellness, I believe are complementary, And I think that they've been stressed in sports for years, but uh, the unfortunate truth is our society, I feel could do a much better job in making better uh, healthy lifestyle choices, I should say. Uh, on that note, I am intrigued by the other company you're involved with, which is One Nine Wellness. Can you share um, with the audience what you're up to with them? Yes, um, that's actually a company that I came up with. Um, I am certified through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, as well as I'm a certified nu nutritionist through Precision Nutrition. And about four or five years ago, started uh, One Nine. And what I am as a health coach with a certification in nutrition as well. So as a health coach, um, I'm looking at, at different aspects, not, not only as your food intake coach, but I'm looking at your career, looking at your spirituality. I'm looking at your relationships as well as your food. So like there's four different pieces uh, uh, to the pie. And what people don't realize is that you look at somebody who may be killing it on three of the four, but one of the four is completely out of whack, which will affect the other three. So, you know, you and I both know that in today's society, there's a lot of stress on these young athletes from social media to how many likes, followers, retweets, reposts, followers on, on, on TikTok is that they get so obsessed with how many followers they have, how many retweets, how many people look at their TikTok clips you know like I joked the other day like I very rarely post anything about me or post any selfies on social media but when I do I get like 400 likes I'm like shit I didn't realize people like looking at me so much you know but in today's society these kids are so wrapped up in how good do I look to the world on on social media that they only post the great things they need is that they don't put the bad things and so they're afraid to be 
uh, to let themselves be vulnerable to the hard truths. When it comes to the eating side of things, like you hit it square on the head with today's society, you, you look at commercials. Look at the Taco Bell commercials. Look at the burger commercials. Look at the barbecue commercials. Like, is if we ate the way these things look, we would be, and this country is severely unhealthy. But if you look at a menu, a cheeseburger's two bucks, but a salad's like seven fifty. Like, what's the point? Like, why is the more <laughs> healthier good stuff more expensive? Or, I saw a post the other day is new. New phone, $700. Don't blink an eye. Something for your health, $700. It's not worth it. Or this for $500, but you want to do this for $500. And, you know, it's our priorities are all jacked up when it comes to our health, when it comes uh, to the spiritual side of things. You know, everybody's different. Everybody has their different beliefs in like how they do things. And that's where just kind of helping you go through it, like helping you guide you through it. And that's sort of where one nine, you know, comes, comes in of how can I help you both on the field, off the field, in, in the office, out of the office, in the home, outside of the home with your eating choices, both inside and outside. And that's sort of where that comes in of educating my athletes on how to come up with the right foods for, you know, burning fat, gaining weight, you know, uh, healthy, just midday stuff for at school, like, uh, getting with my buddies who are personal trainers, like let's come up with different workouts for them. Let's work with the local high school kids. Let's work with the local high school coaches. Um, you know, to, uh, with, a today's athlete with the creatines and the protein shakes and the weight gainers and things like that just educating them on that, on what to look for, how to read up the label, what to know what's in it, what's, how is it certified? Just that's sort of where one nine as a whole comes in. And it's something I came up with it about four or five years ago. And that's sort of the just basic premise of it to where it's helping kids and helping moms and dads. It's helping business leaders, business owners, you know, executives, et cetera, in every aspect of their life, be it spiritual, career, relationship, or their food intake. Yeah. And I'm guilty of it. Like, like most people is it's about balance is what I hear you're saying. And I think that, I think people are well aware there's four components to life or would agree if that you presented that as such, but I think that everyone would also agree that um, there might be completely zero attention given to one of those major four components. And I don't care if you're, if you're flawless and the other three, which no one's perfect there either, the best, the best you're getting is a C self 75% -hmm. and more than likely a D plus because nothing's perfect. Um, which is, which no, no one really wants to look at it like that, but that's just the way it is. You know, if what you, you know, so I, yeah. I can't wait to talk more about that because I think that this could be something that could benefit fourth down you. Um, I've got some of my best athletes right now, Nick, um, need to realize that it's, it's the intake, um, the lifestyle choices overall are very good. They're, they're four point students and, um, they're exceptionally gifted on a football field, but you're 16 years old and you have a gut 
Mm-hmm. That that's alarming to me, and it, and it, and even more alarming is: could you imagine if that same kid had a six pack? It's right. it's going to positively affect your kicking. There's zero chance that hinders performance. So I uh, I can't wait to talk more to you about that off air. To kind of add to to your point, and I saw it uh, today, and it, this was a great quote. It says, "You are the greatest project you will ever work on." And you only get you only get one body. So what are you going to do to help protect that body? So just wanted to add that in there. Amen. And it's a temple, you know. Absolutely. It, it, <laughs> someone, someone more, someone may, way smarter than me said that one time. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, so I, I, I want to thank you again uh, for joining us, man. This was one of my favorites for sure. I'm going to definitely have you on again to talk about something more specific, uh, kicking related. But I always, the first time around, I like people to know your story and uh, especially your story. So if you wouldn't mind, I'm sure someone in the audience is going to want to talk to you. Is there a way, uh, perhaps one or two ways on social media, uh, that they could reach out to you? For sure. Um, I am on Twitter. It is at Nick Gatto. It's N-I-C-K-G-A-T-T-O. On the on the gram, it's called at one arm guy. Very simple, very easy. <laughs> it's so that's gonna be O-N-E-A-R-M-G-U-Y at one arm guy. And then you guys wanna shoot me a email or something. It's gonna be ngatto7 at gmail.com, guys. And I am always here for you. So there is no dumb stupid question no i will answer anything and everything you guys send my way well, on behalf of everyone at fourth down focus we are grateful that you were able to share um, some information about your story uh, and how you help people uh, of all facets of life benefit with performance um, please give us a five-star rating a review subscribe to the show share it with a friend and if you have questions related to the podcast suggestions for future topics and guests or if you just have feedback you can reach me dan lundy in several ways my website is fourthdownu.com that's four t-h-d-o-w-n-u.com on twitter and instagram you can reach me at at fourthdownu and on facebook and linkedin you can simply search dan space lundy l-u-n-d-y thanks again for joining us again at fourth down focus presented by bet online we'll see you next week with an exciting new guest and i hope 2021 is treating each of you well in all things give thanks for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.